Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us on Zoom or in the building Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. For the Zoom link, please contact tikvatdirector at gmail.com or contact us on our website, tikvatisrael.com. There you can also support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of his word. So a talking sheepdog rounds up all the sheep into the pen for his farmer. He comes back and says, okay, chief, all 40 sheep accounted for. The farmer says, but I've only counted them and I've only got 36. The sheepdog says, I know, but I rounded them up. There, there are three, three kinds of people in this world, those who can count and those who can't. How do you make the number seven even? Just remove the S. Why do teenagers always travel in groups of three, five, or seven? Because they can't even. No? Okay. So why did I open with some counting jokes? Is it because I think you should count your blessings or because I believe we are accountable to God for our words and actions? Or is it because we are, today we are starting the book of Numbers where Moses is supposed to count the Israelites? Or is it because we are almost done counting the Omer leading up to Shavuot? Or is it because you count to God? Or is it F, all of the above. Yeah, could be. We are in a very special and unique Shabbat. This is the Shabbat before Shavuot or Pentecost. It's always the beginning of the book of Numbers, which gets its English name from the beginning of the book, this week's Parsha, which involves numbering the people. That's right. The exciting beginning of the book of Numbers is a census. Yeah, so what is the connection between Shavuot and a census and counting? How does it all connect? Speaking of censuses, sensei, sensim, I've heard it both ways. Speaking of counting people, the state populations from the 2020 census were just released a few weeks ago. Did you know this? Why is this important? Because it affects how many representatives each state has in the House of Representatives for the next 10 years. That's what they use it for. Here's a map of the changes. So you can see uh, which states lost, which states gained. You can see Florida has uh, gained a representative, probably because we sent the Ramoses and the Feruzes down there. And then, you know, many more wanted to join them because they're very popular guys, folks, and increase the population. I'm not sure about that. It's just a theory. I can't account for Texas. I don't know what's going on there. But, uh, oh, woo, okay, we got a, a Texas representative. Uh, so we can see one reason why we, the people, would want to count up we, the people, right? It's uh, for, for our uh, Congress. But why would God tell Moses to do that? Does he want fair democratic representation in the tribes? Probably not. So let's take a look at the text and see what's going on. This is the beginning of this week's Parsha. Let's read it together. Uh, from Numbers uh, 1, verses 1 through 3. In the wilderness of Sinai, 
on the first day of the second month in the second year from the Exodus from the land of Egypt, Adonai spoke to Moses in the tent of meeting, saying, Do a head count of all the community of B'nai Israel by their families in their ancestral house, with a total of every male one by one. You and Aaron are to muster by their divisions every son from 20 years and upward, available to serve in the army of Israel. So the stated purpose of the counting, the plain or the Peshat reading, is to number the army of Israel. But the rabbis have mined the Hebrew text for some more nuggets. Would you like to find out those nuggets? Okay, here's what the medieval commentator Rashi notices. Because they were dear to him, he counted them often. When they left Egypt, he counted them. When many fell because of the sin of the golden calf, he counted them to know the number of the survivors. When he came to cause his divine presence to rest among them, he counted them. On the first of Nisan, the Mishkan was erected, and on the first of Iyar, he counted them. This fits with the Hebrew wording of the commandment to Moses. To illustrate what this is in Hebrew, uh, and maybe we can try to guess what it is, I want us, all of us to do a little exercise, all right? I want you all to put your heads down like this, okay? Don't go to sleep. We, we'll be able to hear you snoring, okay? So we're putting our heads down. You can let a little noise out if you want, if you want to illustrate how this feels. You know, you might be like, ugh. Yeah, okay. So your head is down. You know, the first person in scripture whose face fell was Cain. So think about that. Why was his head downcast? Was it jealousy, anger, unforgiveness, self-hatred? Now imagine that Moses gently puts his hand here on your chin and he's lifting your head, lifting your face toward him. Yeah. How does that feel? Does that feel better? Yeah. This is what the commandment was in Hebrew. Seu et rosh. What is rosh? Head. Yeah, like Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year. So to count the Israelites, Moses was told by God to do what? Lift their head. Lift their head. Interesting, right? There are many ways to say count in Hebrew, but this is the one that uh, the Lord speaks to Moses in this particular. So there's got to be a reason for that, right? Um, God, through Moses, is lifting the heads of the Israelites. That means that when God counts us, he does so by valuing us as his children. The psalmist says, you are my glory. Can you fill it in? And the lifter of my head. Let's say that together. You are my glory and the lifter of my head. Very nice. Okay? So when God counts us, he counts everything. He counts all the hairs on our head, right? Maybe that's why he's lifting it up to see the, to see the hairs. And, uh, you know, he sees everything that we are. It means that all our aspirations, all of our failures, and he sees that, but he lifts our head because we're made in his image. He lifts up the head of his children. He encourages us moment by moment. Amen? And thus we're able to look into his glorious face, right? Just as you were able to look up and see my face once Moses raised your, your face, right? 
If you've read through the Parsha, you may notice there's a group of folks that are not counted. Can you guess who they might be? There's a, there's a tribe that is not counted, at least not right away. Levi, that's right, the Levites. They are responsible for the worship in the tabernacle. They're like the priests. This is what uh, the scripture tells us in Numbers, a uh, little, little later down in the same chapter. The Levites, however, were not counted by the tribe of their ancestors, for Adonai told Moses, saying, Definitely you are not to number the tribe of Levi, nor take the sum of them among B'nai Yisrael. Instead, you are to appoint the Levites over the tabernacle of the testimony, over its implements and all pertaining to it. They are to carry the tabernacle and all its utensils, tend to it and camp around it. So now I have another question for you that's related. Is anyone here from Washington, D.C. or from Puerto Rico? Anybody? All right. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. Well, here is a quote from census.gov website that I, got, that I got the first picture from that we saw. This is a quote. Don't get mad at me. This is just what they're saying. The populations of the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico are not included in the apportionment population because they do not have voting seats in the U.S. House of Representatives, unquote. So perhaps that means that Washingtonians and Puerto Ricans are like the Levites. That would be encouraging, right? I don't know. So why, why are the Levites not counted in the, in the Torah? Don't the priests count? Yeah, they count, right? Of course, this just shows that they count differently for a different purpose. Remember, it was a military purpose at first. And they are indeed counted. It's just a little bit later in the same Parsha. Here's the Torah again from Numbers 3. Then Adonai spoke to Moses saying, gather the tribe of Levi near and appoint them to attend to Aaron the Kohen. They are to keep watch over duties for him and the entire community before the tent of meeting while performing the service of the tabernacle. They are to tend to all the implements of the tent of meeting and the service of B'nai Yisrael while performing the servants service of the tabernacle. You are to give the Levites to Aaron and his sons. Out of B'nai Yisrael, they are dedicated entirely to him. You are to appoint Aaron and his sons to maintain the priesthood. Any commoner who approaches must be executed. Then Adonai said to Moses, saying, See, I have taken the Levites from among B'nai Yisrael in place of the firstborn who opened the womb among B'nai Yisrael. The Levites will be mine because all the firstborn are mine. In the day when I was striking down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I consecrated myself to myself every firstborn in Israel, whether man or animal, as mine. I am Adonai. And here's the last part. Now they're finally counted. Isn't that nice? Adonai spoke to Sinai in the Sinai wilderness to Moses, saying, Count the sons of Levi, according to their ancestral house, by their families. Every male a month old and upward you are to number them. So Moses numbered them in accordance with the word of Adonai, just as he was commanded. So their heads were also lifted up in due time. So that we see that the Levites do count, right? Washingtonians and Puerto Ricans do count. Amen but just not quite the same as the rest of Israel because of their unique calling. I believe that the Levites or priests are kind of like modern day clergy, right? They're responsible for interceding and serving the rest of Israel. So they count as well, just differently. 
so too Yeshua was counted among Israel and had a priestly role to serve the rest of Israel. The Messiah was exalted in his humility and service, but also Yeshua was unique, very unique among the children of Israel, right? Because he represented Israel, but he was also and is also the visible image of the invisible God, representing the divine name. There is another sense, uh, speaking of Levites, that we are all Levites in, an, in a sense, for he is called all of Israel and all followers of Messiah, a kingdom of what? We're a kingdom of priests, right? And so we're all called to do what? Serve and intercede and minister and bless others like Levites were. So we have seen how the Lord counts us, how he lifts our head, how he counts us by knowing everything about us, how he counts us because of his compassion and love and encouragement, and how he counts the Levites in a distinct but parallel way. But what about if we wanted to count ourselves, right? We could do that, right? Like when King David wanted to take a census of his own army, right? Moses did it, why not King David? Well, because it was David's idea, right? And uh, he wanted to see how mighty and how glorious his army was. <laughs> this is a different matter because he's raising his own head, right? Counting his own majesty in pride. This idiom is used uh, raising uh, your own head when Gideon subdues the Midianites. The scripture says this, the Midianites lifted up their heads no more. In other words, they didn't rise up against Israel anymore after that. So this, what is this? This is the kingdom of self, right? The kingdom of the Tower of Babel. Uh, in commenting on mirrors at the gym, uh, often I quote uh, from the Jewish sage uh, Jerry Seinfeld, but here I'm going to quote from a Catholic sage, uh, Jim Gaffigan. This is what he says about mirrors in the gym. I wanna look at myself while I work on myself. I should make a recording so I can listen to myself while I look at myself while I work on myself as I leaf through myself magazine and read about how myself can improve myself. Maybe I'll go to Facebook page and look at photos of myself and read what myself has written about myself. <laughs> this is the elevating of self, right? The lifting of one's own head the increasing of one's own importance. This is the Tower of Babel. Here's a midrash about the Tower of Babel, and I think it's very interesting. Many, many years passed in building the tower. It reached so great a height that it took a year to mount to the top. A brick was, therefore, more precious in the sight of the builders than a human being. If a man fell down and met his death, none took notice of it. But if a brick dropped, they wept because it would take a year to replace it. So intent were they upon accomplishing their purpose that they would not permit a pregnant woman to interrupt herself in her work of brick making when she went into labor. Molding bricks, she gave birth to her child and tying it round her body in a sheet, she went on molding bricks. You see, the worship of self and our accomplishments actually diminishes the value and preciousness of life. Counting bricks, counting money, counting our accomplishments, counting our mistakes. It's all 
Babel. It's all Babylon. Whereas when we allow God to count us, to lift our face, this brings value to our lives, and it brings value to the lives of others. Whose head have you noticed has been down? Who can you encourage this week? Who needs prayer? Who needs a kind word? Remember, we are made in the image of God, and God counts his children. He lifts up our face, so we should do the same for our neighbor. Rather than lifting up our own head, we should seek to lift up the head of our neighbor. In closing, I want to mention one last thing. The book of Numbers is not called that in Hebrew. I actually prefer the, the Hebrew name for it. And I mentioned this earlier as a teaser. Do you remember what, what it is? Bamidbar. Bamidbar. Does anyone know what this means? In the will, yes, in the wilderness. Very good. Okay, you're paying attention. All right. The desert, the wilderness. What is that? It's a place of trial, but it's also where we receive the Torah. The wilderness is where we were exiled to after we were in the garden, but it's where God's presence was still with us. The midbar has the same letters as midaber, which means it is also the place of the word. It is the place where God speaks. We have been counting, haven't we? Not Israelites, but what have we been counting? We've been counting days. We've arrived almost at Shavuot, also known as Pentecost. The revelation of the Torah, the outpouring of God's abiding presence. What was it that Moses said to Pharaoh? Let my people go so that we can do what? So we can worship God in the wilderness, Bamidbar. That's where it happens. So if you're experiencing a wilderness season, then this word, this devar, is for you. Allow the Lord to lift up your face, to encourage you, to fill you up again. He can do it, even in the desert, especially in the desert, because that is the place of his word. It's the place of his presence. I'd like us to close by singing uh, together this song based on Psalm 3, which uh, we do often in this congregation. Uh, and if you... Uh, if you know it, please sing along with me. We're going to do it rock-a-pella style. Here we go. <clears throat> you can clap if you want to. Lord, how they are increased that trouble me. Many are they who rise up against me. Come on, sing with me. Many are they that say of my soul. There is no hope for him in God. Maybe our face is falling, but. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. For thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. He's the glory and the lifter of my head. Amen. Give yourselves a hand. That was great. All right. Avinu, Father, we thank you for your faithfulness to us. Thank you that you are our glory and the lifter of our head. Help us to be encouraged by your presence uh, and help us to be encouragers of others. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen.